Welcome back to the Muscle Cars Podcast. And by back, I mean it's been about 10 years since I did an episode. But this year, I'm doing something a little different. During the holidays, I went and visited my family, and I thought the best thing I could do was sit down with my dad, the guy who really taught me everything I know about cars, and listen to the stories he has about growing up in the cars that he had. Now, um, we did this from a recorder inside a house in the middle of a city, so there might be some ambient noises and other things that you'll hear going on. And also, uh, in the middle of it, you'll find a little continuity break because um, there was some coughing going on in that. So I'm just going to try to cut that out as best as possible. But when you run into that, that's what you're going to be hearing. So with no further ado, I'm going to give you the Muscle Cars podcast, Stories from My Father. Okay, well, let's get started talking about your cars. So what was the first car that you remember? It was a 50 Plymouth uh, Turtleback. What does a Turtleback mean? Well, it was kind of like a slant back, but I think at the time they called them turtle backs. Okay. And was this a two-door or four-door? It was a two-door. Okay. And when did you get that? I got that in spring vacation in the ninth grade in 1956. So how old were you then? Uh, 14. Okay. Yeah. And... So how did you go about buying that car? Well, um, my mother got me a job in a clinic pharmacy and uh, she was a waitress and served the doctors and uh, anyway there was an opening from a, a kid that was four years older from me and he was graduating from high school and so anyway they needed a replacement and she somehow got the thing set up and so I went to work there as a stock clerk uh, for title, which meant I did stocking of all the um, different things that medicines were put in at the time, which has changed immensely. And then uh, being that we also manufactured in the basement, um, I got to work with the owner and the lab and uh, putting drugs together and packaging and stuff which would be probably totally against the law but it just so happened he was on the state board of pharmacy so uh, I got to do all these things which I'm sure helped him immensely and uh, and I really liked it. So now how much did that job pay? Uh, I started at 75 cents an hour and the job responsibility slowly built and built, and then I got to package stuff, and about once a year, um, I would bind prescription uh, into these books, and uh, so they'd have these cardboard things um, put uh, made up, and then uh, and then I would uh, get all the prescriptions together, and I can't remember how many we had in a book and label them, because there was no computers in those days. And Right. So when you got that job, were you planning on buying a car, or did the, the idea of buying a car come after you started making money? Actually, it, um, it came along a little bit later, and I, and I actually got interested in thinking of pharmacy as a career. But I was also pretty practical, and I thought, well, uh, I can't drive for two more years. I'll have the car all paid for, and then I don't have to worry about car payments. 
And so in the meantime of that two years, we kind of used it as a family car for some trips down to relatives about 30 miles away. And uh, once in a while I got to drive it on the back roads down to my aunt's house. So by the time I got my license, I, you know, I had a little experience driving and I've really got to say, boy, those old cars were hard to drive. So how long had you worked at the, at the job before you bought the car? Um, well, I started in, um, on my birthday in July of 55 when I turned 14 and I bought it in April 56. So I was still 14. And been there, what, um, I don't know, eight, nine months or so. And I'm guessing you remember how much you paid for it? I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I do. I forgot a lot of them, but that one I remember where I bought it, and and I paid $445 and made payments. (laughs) So, if I remember correctly, my first car, the 66 Skylark, didn't you pay $450 for that? Yes. Okay, so... So I just thought that was a coincidence, only a $5 difference between uh, 16 years of car, but yet uh, many, many years of time. Um, so what was the engine in the 50 Plymouth? Oh, it was a little straight six. And, um, you know, I didn't have anybody really to help me. And I'm really shocked when I think back because one of the things I did was I bought a high compression head for it and put on it. And... Uh, then there was a funny issue too, um, because all of the cars at that time had dual pipes and and they were loud, and I wanted to make it loud in the process of the two years before I drove it, and so there was a new local auto store opening up, which later became a large chain, and they had this thing called the Y pipe, mm-hmm. and so you cut your tailpipe off the single pipe ahead of the rear bumper and uh, and then you hung uh, the Y end out the back and so man I put it all on by myself and and uh, start it up and there's no noise and I'm thinking what in the world what's going on how come it doesn't make noise and so then I got introduced to mufflers mm-hmm. so then the next thing was um, at that time, Smitty was a brand that had steel pipe, uh, steel mufflers, and uh, they hadn't come out with the glass packs yet. And so, anyway, I didn't, I don't recall splitting the manifold, but I had uh, at least one of these uh, Smitty steel packs. And my gosh, it was so loud. <laughs> and. Uh, I, one of the funny things, and I thought I was gonna, should have got arrested, but the um, high school had a state uh, basketball tournament down at the University of Washington, which was about 30 miles away, and, and it went down a, a main street running into Seattle past the stadium. And uh, anyway, there were buildings really close on both sides. I think it was a two-lane street. And uh, geez, I went down through there and I racked those pipes and it just about vibrated the building. <laughs> and uh, anyway, luckily I didn't get a ticket, but it kind of scared me. It was so loud. And so um, 
anyway, that was kind of the, one of the funny things that had happened in the process of doing the car. And um, another one, in years later, I got to thinking, and the garage where it was uh, kept was at the back of our property, and it had been a, used for building boats at one time. So it was like the whole width of the back of the property, like 50 feet, and it was all wood floor and everything. And uh, so anyway, and it had a big, huge vice and stuff in there, and I decided I was going to put some lowering blocks on it in the back. And um, anyway, I think there were only two-inch blocks, but um, left over from this previous bolt building was a great big, long flat piece of iron with a um, uh, hole in the end that fit the lug bolts on the springs. And of course being young, not knowing the difference, it turned out it worked, but I worked for days to get those uh, probably eight uh, lug uh, bolts off what were kind of like lug bolts and that thing was squeaking and getting hot and I never thought about putting any oil or anything on it. It was a large project, but anyway, I got it done. So now did that, it was a straight six, did it have a manual transmission? It was stick shift, yes. On the floor or tree? On a tree. It was original um, um, and regular steering by Armstrong, mm -hmm. <laughs> which we called, I don't know if you've heard the term today, but... Uh, yep. Yeah, okay. And so when you did the exhaust system on it, so the front part of it, I mean, it was only a six-year-old car, which to think is yeah. pretty incredible now. It was actually, yeah, it was actually, you know. I mean, who, do you know any 14-year-olds that could go out and buy a car that was built in 2015? It just seems... No, no, yeah. and and that job was really a saver and uh, probably helped me in later life as well. Yeah, so the exhaust system on that on the front was original back to the muffler replaced. What size exhaust did he use? Is that only like a two or two and a quarter inch? I don't think it was even two. It was oh. probably one and three quarter. Okay. So now you bought this car in 1956. You did some exhaust system to it. Was there any other modifications? Yeah, to I had to have it upholstered. And, uh, and there was a, a kid that uh, was two years ahead of me and in school and uh, so anyway he was working in a little small upholstery shop and uh, so I took it down to him and and left it and and they put uh, a red and white naga hide in there real simple design but at least it looked better than the cloth I thought although when I think back uh, the old cloth door panels and everything didn't look very good with it so it still had the original cloth door panels yeah. with the Naga had replaced seat upholstery. Yeah, yeah, front and rear seats. At least I did that. And what about headliner? Didn't do anything with it. <laughs> <laughs> so that just seems just crazy to me right now to buy a car that's only six to seven years old and to be and be changing the interior in it already. Well, I I didn't want the original look and actually, uh, let's see what was the. Other thing I'd done. Um, oh, I didn't want the big old uh, Plymouth boat hood ornament on there either. So um, I decided I was going to remove that. And then there was another emblem on the trunk lid that I didn't like. And the car had been repainted in a kind of a 
soft turquoise and white two-tone and so anyway not knowing anything about body work or anybody to help me uh, I found out I could get this glazing putty and uh, so I ended up filling the hole uh, where I took that off and then the next issue was well how do I get it paint <laughs> somebody told me well you can get some paint to match the color and uh, and if you use a bug sprayer you can put the paint in the bug sprayer and spray it and so that's what I did and I guess it turned out pretty decent because I've got old pictures of it and you can't really see anything that's out of place and uh, but anyway, it wasn't a very good looking car to start with, in my estimation. So what was it that made you decide that was a car you wanted to get if it wasn't that good looking of a car? Well, I wanted uh, like a 50 Chev coupe or two-door. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather had been a union rep representative for the shingle weavers. Um, for years and he'd gone through a lot of cars and none of them served him really well in the early, the early 40s and uh, he bought a 50 Plymouth that was almost brand new. It had I think 3,000 miles and it was the best car he'd ever had and so he'd been using it for about five years and so he steered me in that direction which I really didn't want it but I had to listen to my grandfather which I did and so that just kind of pushed me into it. So now, did you do anything different with uh, hubcaps, wheels, tires? Oh yeah, I kind of forgot about that. I did, and they had these, um, let's see, I can't remember exactly what they were called, but they were just a plain round moon type cap. Mm -hmm. And then they uh, had a spinner bar, single bar that went across. And so I had those on there, and I think I painted the rims, uh, which you didn't see much, just the small area around that uh, wheel cover, and uh, I painted those red. <laughs> okay, so you did a little bit to that. Uh, now, did you ever drive race this car? No, no, I'd never gone to a strip until many years later. Oh, okay, so, so then how long did you end up keeping it? Well, um, I have it uh, probably about a year and a half and in December 57 I was a junior in high school and and I uh, had bought the the Plymouth at a uh, Plymouth dealership in town and I spotted this 54 Ford Club Coupe at that dealership I don't know I might have been making a payment on it or or just there looking and uh, Anyway, I spotted this and it was a dark blue and um, it had been lowered in the back. It was a three-speed with overdrive and a 239B8. And so I ended up, I bought that. So did you end up, you ended up trading in the 50 yeah. Plymouth at the Plymouth dealer yes. for a 54.4? Yeah, I hadn't learned about wheeling and dealing much uh, at that point. Well, I'm sure that came eventually. So pretty much, was there anything else related to the 50 Plymouth that you have any memories of or anything like that? Uh, I think that's even more than I had thought about originally, so I, I 
think I pretty well covered everything. Okay, well, then we will stop at this point for your history from the 1950 Plymouth, your first car. And that does it for the first episode of the Muscle Cars podcast, Stories from My Father. I'm glad you stopped by to listen. And next episode, we will have his second car. So join us again, and I hope you enjoyed what you heard today.